On today's show, I have two individual phone episodes with KB and the Don. In the interview with KB, we discuss Avengers Endgame and episodes one through five of season eight of Game of Thrones. And then on the phone interview with the Don, we exclusively talk about season eight of Game of Thrones. So please join us as we end Game of Thrones on Free Your Geek. By the power of Grayskull. And welcome to the Free Your Geek podcast. I am your host, Jay Free, and on the phone right now, we have KB. KB, what is up? Not much. How's, how's, how are things going, sir? We're, we're doing this uh, via telephone like we did previously. I think it works out well since we all kind of have a little bit hectic lives right now. I just finished up a call with Don, but I'm going to put that at the tail end of this podcast. But I want to start off with you because... Don didn't want to talk about Endgame at all. He just wanted to talk about Game of Thrones. But the name of the episode is The End Game of Thrones. So I want to start off with you just to discuss Endgame and our thoughts and feelings. And then we'll segue into uh, the – we've seen five episodes of Game of Thrones. So warning for both Endgame and Game of Thrones. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So that being said, you have three seconds to get out before we start talking about it. One – Two, three. We're okay. waiting. We're waiting. Okay, KB, let's take it away. So let's let's talk about some endgame. Let's talk about the culmination of what is it, phase three of yep. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That the culmination of, I believe, it was twenty-one or twenty-two movies. This is going to be the essentially the final chapter of a lot of these characters. And uh, let's just get some initial thoughts. What do you think? Did it live up to the hype? Oh, yeah. I uh, definitely lived up to the hype. I mean, I, I, as you know, we saw it together the first time and people were just going ecstatic in that theater. Um, you know, just so many things that came together so nicely. I, I think that you could honestly say that a lot of people maybe don't show it, but we're probably a little worried of like, how do you put all to, you know, put it all together, all these movies and, and really come up with a, a good, uh, solid ending to the whole thing. And and I think they did a really nice job. I, I really do. Um, the Russo brothers did a great job of yeah. giving enough characters to screen time. Uh, you know, obviously with the heavy yep. on, uh, the, the ones that were left first, and then we knew everything, was, we knew essentially everything was going to be undone, but still how they got there was the interesting piece. Yeah. Um, definitely how they got there. Uh, just lots of, lots of, it's like you don't even know where to begin. And it, it almost feels like Characters that had limited screen time the last movie, they kind of made up for here. Like Black Widow, remember, in Infinity Wars, we, we saw nothing, you know? Well, and even characters we didn't see that we knew that were part of yep. the Avengers, such as Hawkeye, 
Yep. You know, Hawkeye had the, it opened with his family being disintegrated, turned to dust. Um, you know, and that's his kind of like his reason for going on and becoming a own Indian, you know, just going on a tear. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's, let's talk about, I mean, I don't want to go too in depth because it was a long movie, but let's just talk about, you know, from that to where we see that Captain Marvel is now, we see from the, the, uh, the tag of her movie, she now is, uh, on decent terms. She's looking for Fury. So she's with, you know, Captain America, Black Widow and uh, War Machine and Thor. Mm-hmm. And they find out that Thanos used the, the gauntlet again. And they go to that planet. And they, uh, well, they first of all, they find, uh, do they find Tony at that point? Because Tony's just drift in space with Nebula. No, I don't. They no, don't. no, they, 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 found, no, they, they found him first, but he was firm because Nebula went with them to, so yeah, so basically Tony Stark, from what we saw from the previews, you know, he's adrift in space. They ran out of power. They, you know, they tried to repower the ship. They, they could get it as far as they could. Him and Nebula playing uh, paper football, which was hilarious. But basically, they're the, two, they're the two people, they're the two beings left from there. And Captain Marvel ends up rescuing them at the 11th hour right before, you know, Stark's about to run out of oxygen. He's only got like one day left or whatever. She ends up bringing them back. And then they, you know, as he's recuperating, they find out that uh, Thanos used the gauntlet again on another planet. So Captain Marvel, Thor... Uh, and a bunch of others, uh, Captain Captain America, uh, Bruce Banner, and the Hulk Buster, mm-hmm. they all go to this planet, and they find out that the reason that Thanos used the gauntlet was to destroy all the stones, yep. so they can't be recouped. So uh, Nebula says that her father's not a liar, so then Thor, seeing, like, hey, there's nothing left, chops off his head. And that's within, like, the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, and you're like... But a lot of people by surprise. Oh, my God, <laughs> Thanos is dead. Well, a lot of people are like, know. what the hell? Like, it was a good curveball. It was a really good curveball. It, yeah, it surprised a lot of people. And then... Uh, Go Disney. Know, decapitation. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, he did. Like, they, you know, they, he alluded to it. He's like, what, why, what do you do? Why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. I went for the head. You know, it's just, it's, it's a callback to Infinity War. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of callbacks from previous movies. And we'll talk about that a little later. But... Um, Basically, what they do is they find out that they can actually undo the snap. They just have to go back and find the stones. And this is all because of a gentleman by the name of Scott Lang, who uh, is freed from the quantum realm. And uh, what do you think about all that, like his, his game plan? You mean, what do you mean by his game plan? Like To, to go back in time, you know, essentially create a, a time heist, if you will. I think, it, I mean, it, it's genius, but coming from him, it's like, he could only be a genius about a height. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and, and and I think what's even more uh, interesting about that is when they bring it to Tony and he's like, no. Well, no, I should, and we, should, we should preface this that after after they kill Thanos, five years go by before, yeah. before Ant-Man leaves the quantum realm. So everything he's looking for, his, yeah. his daughter to see if she's been wiped out by the snap but he finds his own, own name. So we see a five-year-older Cassie Lang, who's no longer this, you know, 10, 11-year-old little girl. She's now yeah. like a 15, 16-year-old girl. Um, and now, you know, he missed out on those years of her life, but it's been five years. So they formulate this plan. They go to Tony. Tony basically, you know, says, no, I, I have a daughter now. And again, alluding to Infinity War when he's with Pepper, 
saying he had a dream, they had a child, and then he doesn't want to give up that life. He doesn't want that life undone, but it's still nagging at him after he sees a picture of himself with Peter Parker that he lost, you know, he lost the kid. So he ends up running scenarios and he finds a method that would work that would allow them to travel back in time. Yeah, and he had he had a lot of doubt about it. It's kind of funny when they showed up on his doorstep and his yeah. his cabin in the middle of the woods. Like he was just so done with all of it. You know what I mean? It's like everybody just comes out of nowhere, and it's like if you put yourself in his position, it's like what do you say? It's a really hard moral position. I well, mean, he said he and he said it like he summed it up perfectly. Where uh, Rogers, Steve Rogers, told him like, "This is our second chance," and he said, "I already have my second chance." I already yeah. had it, and here it is. You know, this is my second chance. And why would you want to give that up? But to kind of, to kind of, to kind of, again, I don't want to recap the whole movie, but obviously we know for people that have seen it, they go back in time to different points in time that the, the stones were on Earth or on Vormir and, or anything like that, and they ended up getting all those stones. They end up going back. They end up. Uh, when they went back to the original Avengers movie, I just that was kind of comical, like. Yeah. I, 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 not comical. It was like it just made everything feel so lighthearted that right. they like went back that far. Right. You know. But I, long I story. Long story short, then I ended up undoing the snap, and uh, you know Tony Stark ended up sacrificing himself, and Steve Rogers will talk about his story uh, a little bit more. Um, but overall, let's just talk about what were if you were to give. If I could, like maybe like a top three. What were your top three moments that you really enjoyed of this movie, or or, or like things that like kind of hit you? Um, I I think the top moment has to be when Cap picks up Thor's hammer. I think that like that just it's like people were like wanting that, but didn't expect it. I don't think a lot of people expected that. Well, yeah, I mean they alluded to it in Age of Ultron where he moved it like a tiny smidge. Yeah. But, but um, see, you have to really think about it. I think like I think you were who were saying like you have to really think about it is that he wasn't worthy at that point, and you have to go back to like Civil War, and kind of like his 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 confession to, not confession to Tony but him telling Tony the truth. You know, did, was that the thing that made him worthy? Right. And I, well, speaking of that, speaking of I mean, of course that was a great moment, but we finally got the Avengers assemble. Yeah. Uh, line finally, which was awesome. Um, but I also I want to talk about Thor uh, in a second because that, so <laughs> Thor it was like I thought that was a little too heavy on the comedy. Yeah. Oh, um, making making know. a dude reference. Yeah, like you, you just yeah. No, that was good. But I just I think they just did Fat Thor like the comedy a little too much for my taste. But um, I love the fact that when he's back on Asgard during Thor Dark World, he reaches for his hammer, and the hammer does come to him even though he felt like a failure over the last five years. And what kind of stuck to me is even though he's, you know, now like overweight and, and he's been like a, a bum for five years, he says, oh, I'm still worthy. And that to me um, is a really cool moment. I wouldn't say it's my top three, but I, I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, so it's uh, Rogers picking up Thor's hammer. What else? What else? Uh, uh... Femme fatale. That was interesting. There's always been this talk of, um, you know, an A-Force movie. I don't know if you've heard about that. No. Uh, it's, it's an all-female Avengers crew. It came out of the pages of Secret Wars. You know, it's like She-Hulk and, and Medusa, and it's like it's, it's just it's just an all-female squad. Now, obviously, they they only have the same characters in play here, but right. But it was but, like Captain Marvel, it, it, Captain, Nebula. Yep. Uh, who was the Wasp? 
Yep. Uh, Black, uh, no, not Black Widow. Black Widow is dead at this point. Yep, Rescue. Uh, Rescue, Pepper Potts. Yep. Uh, who else is it? Why am I missing? Uh, Sh- uh, Sherry. Sherry, yeah. Valkyrie. Like, yeah. it just, that, that, that screen, they just gave that one image of all the females. And it's like, is that a hint of something? I think a that's, lot of people that's read true. it. You know? I didn't think of that. I didn't think of that. Um, okay, what about, uh, give me a third moment. Uh, the very, the very end. Okay. So let's talk about that. So Steve Rogers, the Steve Rogers thing here, he basically, you know, after returning all the time stones, rather than coming back to the present time, he decides to stay behind and go back to the forties and be with Peggy Carter. So he can finally get that dance and he ends up married to her. But before we see that, and that is revealed to us, we see him pass the captain America torch to Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what were your thoughts on that? Like, do you think it should have been Bucky, or do you think that Falcon was the right choice to, to place Captain America? I, I think it has to be Sam. I, I really do. Uh, one of the things, the thing with Bucky is that I still feel like uh, Bucky's kind of, I don't want to say been out of the picture, but he hasn't really... Okay, so he was in Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. And the last Avengers movie, he wasn't really all that relevant. You know, I feel like uh, with how they're using him in the story, Sam Wilson was the better choice. Cause it, well, the, and I think I think to your point, too, what I'd like to say is, like, I think Sam Wilson, where, where Bucky might be, like, his best friend from, you know, the 40s, and he's still, you know, Cap's best friend, I think Sam also has, you know, kind of stepped up and become really close to Steve because when we first meet Sam Wilson, you know, obviously they're running, but mm-hmm. uh, we've also find out that Sam, Sam is having kind of like a, um, like a, I don't even know what you want to call it, like not a get together, but like a, a fireside chat, a, a powwow mm-hmm. with other, other, you know, armed forces <clears throat> people. And then we see something similar where Steve is kind of having like this little meeting of people, almost like an Alcoholics Anonymous type thing, but for people that lost those during the decimation and just like talking about it and getting it out there. And, and, you know, he's leading that kind of like that little group, that little discussion, and he's trying to heal people. Sam was doing the same thing. They share a lot of the same ideals. When when Cap was actually looking for Bucky um, during Civil War, he asked Sam to go with him because he trusts him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that, and even so, I think Bucky, you know, to a lesser extent, still has that stigma of the terrorist, even though it was proved that it wasn't him and it was somebody using facial technology, he still has that stigma of being, you know, like a mercenary. And I think those that you want to hold for a Captain America um, yeah. persona. Yep. Uh, going back, that was one of my favorite, favorite moments is, you know, Thanos is now fighting. They have the huge, you know, Thanos from the, the guardians of the galaxy timeframe mm-hmm. now comes to the future as they're trying to get all the stones and he realizes hey, guess what? The stones have already been correct, collected for me. I'm going to just go use them. I don't have to do all this work myself. He goes there, and Cap is fighting, and, you know, uh, Hulk, Professor Hulk, um, snaps his fingers to try to bring everybody back. And, what are you know, the whole Professor Hulk thing? Well, well, I want to get there. I want to get there, because I want to get to my, my, my favorite part of this movie, yeah. was the, there was two, uh, two parts. Um, one was, you know, everything is caps down and out the shield is cracked he's trying to still fighting up he's getting up again and uh 
he uh, he's about to like he's, he sees this whole Thanos army and then he hears Steve, can you hear me, Steve? And he he goes, it's Sam. And he goes, Sam. And he goes, on your left. I had like goosebumps upon goosebumps when he said that. That yeah, like that that made me like shiver. You know, that made the hair on my arms stand up and my neck stand up. It's just like I was like so ready for that. I'm like, oh, that's so poignant. That's so telling. And then. I don't know. I, I love that, and I love the callback to. Uh, I like the callback to, to uh, Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. uh, where where um, the, he, you know, Cap is trying to get one of the uh, the stones, and he's in the elevator with all these other Hydra. That agents was that, that are sealed. Yeah. And, and he, he instead of trying to fight his way out, he uses his brain, and he leans in and to, to prove that he, he's like, oh no, they want me to take it. And I was like, you sure let me call? He's like, no need. And he leads in and he goes, Hail Hydra. And I'm just like, oh, my God, that's so great. It's so great. I mean, and that then, was one of the iconic scenes of the, of the uh, Winter Soldier movie. Right. It was that, that elevator scene. And it's like, okay, you thought you were going to get that again. But no, it's really just uh, he, he outsmarts them and outwits them. And then my, fa- then my third favorite is, uh, you know, when uh, Stark sacrifices himself after after Professor Hulk snaps and brings everybody back and Thanos is trying to get the gauntlet again. Iron Man takes it. And uh, I forget what Thanos says. He, he makes a little clip. He's like, I am invincible or something along those lines. And snaps and realizes he doesn't have the stones. Stark does. And he goes, and I am Iron Man. And he makes the snap. And, you know, Thanos and his army are disintegrated. And to me, it was just like, again, we started with Iron Man in 2008. And that's how the end of the first one with him saying, I am Iron Man. And now the end with, you know, his arc, his life ends with him saying, I am Iron Man, and eliminating Thanos and the threat that is. And again, if you want to come full circle, Thanos is the whole reason he was having that PTSD from Avengers 1 with all the Chitauri and stuff. So I think it's just it was just a good way to, like, write all that stuff, tie it all up and, and write it together. Um, but now, to get back to your point, what did I think of Professor Hulk? What did you think of Professor Hulk? A lot, a lot of people seem to like it. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I don't know. The best part of Hulk is the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The fight inside, the battle within. You know what I mean? Like, well, the, the, yeah, like so, like the, the Jekyll and the Hyde, yeah, if you will. Yeah, like, like the, the Hulk as like that kind of just mentally stable character it's just like uh the green beast <laughs> you well, know I, like, I, no and i guess that but i also think like you know this is where you need to bring the character yeah you have you have, well, uh, mark ruffalo you have him as an actor like you you know if a lot of people want to see the hulk you know what i mean they don't want to see yeah. bruce banner no offense to, to the actor but they don't want to see bruce banner running around even if he is wearing a hulk buster suit they want to see him transform into the hulk so this kind of gives us the best of both worlds you still get his personality but the other thing that this kind of led to, and we saw a lot of return of a lot of old characters, including the ancient one who gave Professor Hulk a little speech about uh, convergent timelines mm-hmm. and, and alternate timelines. Well, now this leads to the multiverse theory, mm-hmm. um, which we kind of got confirmed in the trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, it's going to be kind of cool because now you could do like a Grey Hulk reality somewhere. Yeah. Or a Mr. Fix-It, or something along those lines, too. And uh, I believe that was something that Kevin Smith mentioned, and I think that's kind of cool. Um, I would love well, to see other, something yeah, like that. The other that. thing is Loki, right? So, like, Loki in that other timeline... Yep, ended up stealing the Tesseract. 
and they're they're doing a show. Like I from so, what I've understood, they're just doing a show. So another time, cool because then it's it's not uh, Loki that had all that redemption arc. Yeah. It's Loki from the first Avengers movie before he went through everything. Still, else. He is still, yep. So in that in that timeline, his mother is still alive because the events of Thor: Dark World never happened. Hadn't yet. happened yet. Yep. Or hadn't happened yet. So we don't know if that what's what that's going to entail. That could rewrite the entire character, and then they could also bring him back into the main continuity at any point. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with Winter, Winter Soldier and uh, uh, Sam Wilson and uh, Bucky Barnes, like the Falcon right. and Soldier show, whatever. Be, or it's going to be a continuation of that with him, like kind of like working for the Shield. Yeah. But uh, going back to that real quick, Bucky knew that that's what that was going to happen because when before Steve left to return all the stones, he said, "Don't do anything stupid while I'm gone." He's like, "Oh, you're taking all this stupid with you." And he said, "I'm going to miss you, man." So he also knew it was kind of like a finality type of thing. Um, And then obviously Sam didn't know, but like, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, Yeah. I like seeing all the callbacks to some of the older. So let's talk about some of the other characters that we know that are gone either for good or not necessarily because we saw black widow make that sacrifice to get the soul stone. Mm -hmm. But we also saw that Gamora from a previous timeline has now replaced the Gamora that died for the soul stone initially. So the Guardians can kind of focus now that this 2014 Gamora pre-Guardians of the Galaxy is now part of the 2023 timeline with no knowledge or none of the adventure, not none of the adventures with the Guardians. She's going to have a whole brand new mindset where they're going to have to kind of like re-implement her into the group and or reintegrate her into the group. Where similarly they could do the same thing with Black Widow. Yeah. They could go to Black Widow from Civil War and pull her out from there and then, you know, create a divergent timeline. But I don't know if they're going to do well, that. Well, that's or not. The, the interesting thing is she does have a solo movie coming up, supposedly. Right. You know, there's got to be some way they've already thought about working her back in, I would think. I don't you know? know so because, unless, you know, again, it could be just one of those things where the actress, Scarlett Johansson, and, you know, she's been part of all these movies. Maybe she's going to demand a little bit more top dollar. Yeah. To continue and they have to keep paying her. You know, some of those big characters are, are no longer uh, viable, or it's not going to be not, not that it wouldn't be profitable because you can throw any movie out there right now and slap so, that Marvel logo on there, and it'll make well. Dollars. That 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 leads me to to something. Are we sure about that? Because is this the end? Are people still going to be interested now that this storyline is over? Well, let's see. Spider-Man: Far From Home is coming out, and I guess that'll be the uh, barometer. I, I, I guess, but I think the I think the movies that aren't even yet are going to be the ones that are kind of the barometer. I think sure. if, if they're introducing new characters, they're doing a second Captain Marvel, possibly a second Doctor Strange. A lot of people like I love Doctor Strange. I thought it was great, but there was a lot of people that didn't really care for it. You know, right. um, I get that. And, what about Black and, Panther? The Black Panther, same same thing. Like Black Panther, like I loved it as a movie, but character wise, I wasn't really crazy about it. Like. I don't know. You know, I, I just feel like if they're doing all these other characters and they're adding in new ones, a lot of us would stay for that extra scene at the end because it helped get people addicted to connecting the dots. And I feel like, how are they going to do that in the next phase? Do they pick up a different storyline? Yeah, they I think, I like, think like a bigger, Fantastic Four. Well, does it have to be Fantastic Four? Could it be Secret Wars? Which will be Fantastic Four anyway. But well, I don't think, I don't think like they're going to go the arc. comic route. 
I think I think I think we're going to see the last of unless we see a resurgence of Captain America with Sam Wilson as Captain America. I think Captain Marvel is going to lead the the, the pack, so to speak. Captain Marvel and Black Panther. Those are that's yeah, and they, they lead the ultimates in the comics, um, the last version anyway. So uh, you can also bring the Vision back. Yep. Because you know, basically, his body is still on in Wakanda somewhere. Who's to say Shuri uh, didn't like do a backup? Yeah, I, I just mean as far as getting a um, a major storyline to tie all the movies together. You know what I mean? Like, like here we had the, the you know the basically the Infinity Stones, you know, Infinity Gauntlet kind of storyline. You know what I mean? Right. So now it's like, well, what's the next? Are they going to use the next like big storyline? Like I said, like Secret Wars that was just like huge. Uh, uh, what if, if they do? Uh, what's your call Well, well I, think about here. But here's the thing: think about Secret Wars. Like you know, at least you know in the last iteration, it's like that. Or even the first iteration, Doctor Doom is. It's a good way to bring Doctor Doom into the fold. That's what I was gonna say. Doom, sorcerer. Yeah. You know, then you have yeah. Doctor Strange, the Doctor Strange tie-in. You know, he can get a bigger role, and then you can bring in. You know, eventually you can bring in like some of the because I know the, they're doing what the Eternals. Yeah. I, mean, you know, you know, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I've heard that, but you hear all kinds of things, you know. I think they're working on more international stuff. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting. Yeah, that's what I'm I mean, saying. I'm curious to see where it goes and what they do because the other thing about Secret Wars is that they can really like warp realities. <laughs> they can really, you right. know, Doctor Doom take you know basically is a god and can do whatever he wants. And um, I don't think they'll go that extreme yet. Cause, I mean, I, they just barely or basically just introduced like you know time travel so i think they're gonna they're not gonna want to do anything like too heavy being like oh here's you know all this other new stuff i think what they're gonna do is i think they're gonna introduce other characters and then that's gonna bleed into i think the fantastic four is gonna be essentially their new avengers i think that that's gonna be that fantastic four movie is essentially gonna be maybe we'll get introduced to other minor characters in some of these other movies yeah. Maybe like the Silver Surfer or something like that. I guess the other thing is where the, where the X Men come in, right? And that's, you know, that's another one too. So much, there's so much that can be done. It's almost like I'm just wondering like how, what their approach is going to be. You know, I think the X Men are going to probably take not a backseat, but probably at least another like four to five years. I think before we see another X Men movie. Well, there's um, so many characters to work in that it'd be a lot to pull into. the the new phase, I would think, at this point, you know. Right, right, and I think, I think, again, with the the whole thing about the multiverse, maybe you don't need to do origin stories, but maybe you can just show, you know, this is what's happening in the multiverse, and then something happens, and these other characters, you know, again, because if we if we look at the the trailer for Spider Man Far From Home, Nick Fury says as much that hey, guess what? This is this is this character. This being, he's he's from Earth, just not on on our Earth. Mm-hmm. So basically, what if the X Men, and what if you know something happened and merged some of these realities, and or you know it opened up these portals, and all of a sudden you know the X Men fell through, and or something else, or maybe it's it's something where it happens in a separate universe, and it's not connected. And then Doom does get enough power, and he snaps his hands, and it brings in all these different realities together. Yeah, we don't know. You know, it's uh, but there's you know we can go along for the ride and that could be well, the end do. of the next the next ten years. <laughs> you know, I know dude, we got we do. We'll be like fifty. <laughs> hey, speak for yourself, man. I'll be mid forties. 
<laughs> I'll be um, fifty. Uh, you want to hit Game of Thrones? We don't have too much time left. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do some Game of Thrones. Uh, basically, what I want to get from you is, I think we talked about after the first episode we talked about it. So everything that happened up, we want to talk about the Night King. We want to talk about this last episode, episode five. So we want to talk about the Battle of Winterfell and then the Battle at King's Landing, and just uh, just give me some, you know. And then at the end of it, I just want you to kind of predict um, who do you see ending up on the throne at the end of everything. Uh, let's see. Battle of Winterfell. We saw the Night King. We saw the Night King. We saw Arya kill the Night King. Spoiler if you haven't seen it, obviously. Yeah, uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler there. Uh, so, yeah, like that was interesting. Um, I didn't like the fact that we didn't get more about the Night King. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they just kind of wrapped it up and it's like, oh, you know, here was this person that they they spent so much time, not person, but you know what I mean, character, they spent so much time showing these odds and ends of him over the years, leaving people so curious about him, and then to just be like, oh, yep, he's dead. No further explanation. Not, well, nothing. You'll hear, uh, for those listening to the show, you'll hear a little bit later my thought on the Night King. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, but I, I, just, I just wanted more out of that. I just wanted to know more at that time. Yeah, um, I, 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 think, I think it was a catalyst, and I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll talk a little bit more about yep. that later. But great, great joy. Greyjoy, the the people that did die, Greyjoy, uh, Theon went out like a champ. You know, he 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 made it up to Sansa, basically yep. made he it up redeemed to himself. Winterfell. He redeemed himself. Uh, we had um, Mormont, right? We had him. Jorah, yeah, going Jorah, like yeah, Jorah go down. And then uh, let's see, who else did we have? The the crow there. What was his name? Um, I always forget the guy's name. Uh, Ed. Ed. Yep. And then we had a uh, little Mormont. Yep, but then we also she went out like a champ too. Yeah. But also, also we had uh, what's his name? The guy, um, the guy that got killed nineteen times. Um, was it Beric? Yes. We had him too. Yep, and then so, at the end, Melisandre. Yep, at the end, Melisandre. But you know, it was so funny. All those deaths happened in that, and I said to myself at the end. It wasn't enough death. I just wanted an A-list character to get hit there. And I that would have made it more interesting to me. Well, fast forward. The the only other thing about that people complained was obviously you couldn't see. Some people yeah, would, yeah and I, I get that. And there was another scene with a coffee cup later on. But, yeah, you know, you talk about A-list characters. Well, let's talk about this last episode, episode five, where there was the battle uh, at King's Landing. What do you think of all that? wasn't you know it just all seems a little rushed I guess is the word for, for me you know you, you got this whole battle over in like half an episode basically if you think about it it wasn't really like the whole episode and there were things that were just I think you, I'm sure you probably like as you mentioned to me the other day yeah we were but, talking about how we both had different opinions I, I really yeah I really the hound in the, the 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 hound in the mountain battle to me was very. I wanted a winner, even if the hound lost. I wanted a winner. I wanted I wanted to see that. I kind of didn't like the fact that they just both you know died like mm-hmm. you know both like like pushed them off of the uh, the tower and they both just fell to their deaths. Like to me that was just like kind of lame. You know, um, I think the other thing is obviously. Uh, 
Cersei's death so underwhelming, so so just like. Because you wanted her to go out a different way. I wanted her to go out in a way where she suffered as she did to the people that she made suffer. Um, Oh, this is why why I disagree, because I thought both of those were handled so differently and so much better than what I expected. And by that, what I mean is um, I think everybody's expecting, like, oh, it's going to be this big moment, and it's going to be this big moment. Mm -hmm. And for it to not be, I was like, that is so Game of Thrones because it's never what you expect it's going to be. You always expect like, oh, it's going to be like all the way from the beginning, season one with Ned Stark being executed to the Red Wedding to like, you know, anything that you, if you haven't read, it was yeah. so shocking. I think to go the opposite route where you're already going to expect this big death or this big long drawn out battle. And it's not that I'm like, oh my God, that is so good. That is so smart. It is so different. And it's so like in line with the way this world works, where it's expect the unexpected. The way you think it's going to go is never the way it's going to go. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I get that. I, I just there, there was a lot of holes for me too. Yep. Like I like I just felt like especially when on Daenerys's attack. I mean, and why? So this is good. I love this because I've been I've been having discussions think, with it. And I think Martin wasn't happy with this as well. I think, you know, the the author was just like, this is something that should probably take like two seasons, not right. two episodes. You know what I right. mean? And, and, I, get, and I get that. And, and, and I get that. But for me, it was like, okay, so per, the previous episode, we saw, um, um, what's his name? Rayon, right? Uh, what, the dragon? The, yeah, no, no. The, the, the guy, the, the Greyjoy's uncle there. Iron Islands. Uh, oh, Euron. 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 Ran. Euron. Euron. Like, remember that previous episode? He was just shooting that thing off the 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 uh, giant crossbow thing there. Right. You know what I mean? And they took down a dragon in like two shots. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like so. Daenerys flies down from the top, which I get. That's a surprise. You know, they can't see mm-hmm. she's coming down from the clouds, and I get that. So she got the jump on them. So I get how she kind of took out the fleet so to speak. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the King's Landing part, there are so many of those things all around. And we didn't see a single other shot. Because she, yeah. didn't, go, she didn't go from the front. She went from behind. They were all pointing toward the front, toward the army, toward the, toward the Unsullied, toward all of them. They were waiting for the dragon, and it came in from behind. But, they, but can they turn? They can, but not fast mm-hmm. enough for like by the to that time. Okay, okay, but you know my thing is though. I guess wouldn't you be trying? Like I, I, I don't know. I, I just I, 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 really I get like that point. That. I get that point. I get you know what I mean? Point. Like, like it just looked like there wasn't enough uh, effort on on. They made it look like this giant uh, uh, over armored, over defended kind of place. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like there was no effort then behind it after that. Well, maybe she learned from the previous, you know, episode where she lost one of her dragons. She's like, okay, well, I got to approach this differently. I'm talking. I'm, be... I'm, I'm talking about the people defending King's Land. There, there's no from like Cersei from Cersei's people, the Lannisters that you know, like the all the Army. guards, all the guards, the golden like whoever's left. Like there was just no. 
it was like well, no fight at all. Like because they all got fried. They all got fried, taken from I mean, behind. The entire golden golden company got taken out, and then she had like her army. And then they saw the dragon. You know, the dragon's like there, and it's like, okay, you're really gonna fight this? All of your scorpions are out. There's nothing that can take out the dragon. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, so we can either all burn or we can surrender from this army and this fire-breathing beast. You didn't care. <laughs> Well, that, that's the thing, but that's that's not at that point. Then the bell yeah. rang, and that's when everything went to crap because she's sitting on, you know, uh, Trogan, and she's looking at the Red Keep, you know, the Red Keep that I believe was her, her the Targaryens built, if I'm not mistaken, you know, all that time ago, and she sees, like, you know, she knows Cersei's still in there, and, you know, she she went all mad queen. So did you think that was rushed? Like, did you, did yes. you see that coming? Yes. Well, I mean, we saw it coming, but it was still, it's just rushed. It's just How like, so? I mean, we're talking a matter of what? Two episodes? Really? Yeah. Like, like, I just feel like that. But that has it been two episodes? Has it been two episodes? When you really think about it. When you talk about her from, you know, losing her, like, children, her first dragon, when they went to go get one of the... Uh, when they went to go get one of the White Walkers, she lost one of that her dragons. That was against the White Walkers. That wasn't against Cersei. So right, me, no, I know, but, but what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, your emotional state. You know, you can't have children. You know, you've you've had to. You've watched the first love of your life die. You know, and then you got revenge on the witch that killed her, killed him, and then you know you're, you're continuing to fight for this power, and then you know you fall in love a couple other times. You have to say goodbye to that love. Then you have to. Then you go and you fall in love with Jon Snow. You end up losing one of your children. Now that you can't have children anymore, based on what was done to you previous, now you lose one of your children or something you consider a child to help this man that you love. Then you know, fast forward, you lose your second child. Then you lose your best friend and mentor. Then, or you know, your protector, somebody who loved you unconditionally. Then you lose your closest friend and advisor in uh, the Sandy. Then you lose, you know, and then it's like the man that you love that you did all this other stuff for. And the reason that you lost one of your children no longer returns that love. And then you see the one, you know, you see the, the symbol of where this other person should be. And this is your entire goal. Your whole life was to take this throne and you see this tower that she's sitting in that, you know, that she's in. It's like, it's enough. I, I was talking with Don and you'll hear it in the interview a little bit later. I talk about it. He mentions he relates it to uh, something else. And I, I relate it to uh, the, the killing joke. You know, the Joker just has mm-hmm. the guy that's a standard comedian has one bad, <laughs> day. one bad day. He has one bad day and he flips and he becomes a psychopath. And I can totally see that happening with Daenerys because she's lost so much. And I think that's just like it's, it's, it's totally within her character to do that, especially if that's been your entire goal is to take that throne. You have nothing left. You're all alone. Nobody else is, you know, you don't but trust I, anybody I, else. I, I, I can understand all that, but I think the thing is is that people, a big excitement for the show was her moral compass. Well, she, she, and I, I mentioned this earlier, she, uh, or I mentioned, you'll hear this again later when I talk with Don, she doesn't have a moral compass because even from season one, uh, you know, she doesn't have that moral compass because when uh, Drogon is dumping that gold, that melted gold over her brother's head, she doesn't get scared or seem afraid of it. She wants that to happen. She's like, she's looking intently, like, yeah, that's happening to you. You deserve this. You know, she goes, she says something along the lines of he's, you know, he was no dragon when he died because he was burned by that. And she's not. She is 
pure fire, and she's not going to let that anything else stop her. And that the symbols and the symbolism and the, the signs were all there, all throughout the seasons, and we just need, we just never picked up on them. Yeah, I can I can feel all that. I can definitely feel all that. Um, so. I, I guess now the next question is: So, who do we think will sit on the throne? Well, that's that's how I want to end this. I want to end this with. You know, who do you think is going to end on the throne? What do you think is going to happen to some of the major characters? I've already given my um, – you'll have to listen a little bit later to hear my prediction, but I want you to go ahead, KB, and give me give me who – what do you th- how do you think the story plays out? Do you think it's going to be John versus Danny? And if that's the case, who wins? And then in your, in your opinion, who sits on the Iron Throne? Uh, I want to say it is John versus Danny, but hopefully they just surprise us and do something totally different. But I want to say that it's going to be John versus Danny. Yeah. And John will John will take Danny down, and will not want the throne. And Therian will will take it. You think it's going to be Tyrion? Tyrion. Yeah. I I would love to see Tyrion on the throne. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I, well, that's why I was thinking of it. I'm like, John doesn't really want it. You know, if you were going, if you wanted to, like. How do I say it? Like in real life, statistically, look yeah. at it. You know what I mean? Like. That would make a lot of sense. John doesn't want it. Would he? Would Tyrion have a claim now that um, Daenerys has legitimized uh, Gendry as a Baratheon? Since Baratheon was the last king, theoretically. No, no. Well, with Jeff, yeah. Joffrey Baratheon. Joffrey was Baratheon. Baratheon. Yeah, the Baratheons are the last kings. So, yeah, I mean that could that could happen too. Could see that happening. That would be that'd actually be really good. That would be really good. I could see Tyrion as the hand of whoever the uh, the king would be. Well, and then question is, is does Sansa end up anywhere in this discussion? Where do you think? As an outside, as an outside long shot, I I don't know. I mean, her 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 and Tyrion is it's like you know in, in the, the Battle of Winterfell episode. There seemed to be a, a a closeness, but at the same time, she also kind of played him a lot. Right. There so she she's been learning from Littlefinger, dude. She's learned from the best. Littlefinger, Cersei, like so. Who's she, the she's doing everything? Yeah, she's gonna break out the Dark Phoenix on them. So do do you, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> do you think uh, do you think she's got a chance to sit on the throne? I think it's an outside chance. Okay, but your your guess is Tyrion. Yeah, I mean, unless unless John doesn't want it, and John's a Stark, John well, still has well, not a Stark, not, he's, not a, he's a Targaryen, Stark, and he's a Targaryen, but and the know. North also the North also has his back. Yeah, I so it could be possible. I don't want it, and Sons is in charge. You don't know. It, it's yeah. it's hard to say, like, but I think she has an outside chance. And you're gonna think about what she set in motion by just um, basically saying to him, like, uh, you know, just telling <laughs> Tyrion about it. You know what I mean? Because you know Tyrion's going to go and tell somebody else, and, and and it's all, you know, Sansa intentionally planted that, if you really think about it. Yeah. You know, so her her thing is she wants John on the throne, but then if that's the case, John doesn't want it. She knows John doesn't want it, and voila, you have a maybe a Sansa Stark on the throne. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how it's going to be. So we have KB's prediction locked in. 
Uh, keep listening, folks. Uh, yeah, Sandra's going to turn into the Dark Phoenix. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. And she's going she's gonna to resurrect a bunch of stuff, and uh, Theon's coming back and all that. Turns into the Night King, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you, KB, for your insight. We look Definitely. forward to going to have a – I was telling Don you know, he, uh, a little bit later um, that I think maybe one or two weeks after – the finale maybe we should all get together again and uh, kind of discuss the series as a whole definitely definitely it's 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 super exciting you know and the ending is going to really determine if i rewatch this whole thing again or not you know i i just think back to the sopranos and it all faded to black and if they pull some stupid move like that like something that's just asinine I'd, I'd, I'd be a little upset. <laughs> well, Sophie Turner was recently on uh, Jimmy Fallon, and they he brought out actually like a uh, patient chart on like how much pain the patient is in, you know, from <laughs> zero to ten. And he said, how are, you know, without spoiling it, how are people going to feel um, about the ending of Game of Thrones? And she pointed to ten saying like, you know, <laughs> agony. <laughs> so I wonder how true that's going to be. I guess we'll have to wait until next week to figure it out. But uh, KB, thank you for joining me this week. And, uh, you know, we'll be coming back a little bit momentarily with our interview with Don. And uh, thank you for listening to Free Your Geek. And KB, thanks for everything. Definitely, brother, definitely. Uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. I want to quickly tell you about 4041 Media. It is a collection of podcasts in the southeastern Massachusetts region, including For Your Geek, and we are proud to be part of the 4041 Media family. So check out 4041media.com to listen to For Your Geek, or if you happen to be a movie buff, check out Movie Theater Time Machine, or if you want to know why the crazies do the crimes that they do, check out the Psych Your Crime podcast. 4041 Media, by listeners, for listeners. And we are here with the Don to talk a little bit of Game of Thrones. Donnie, what is going on, my friend? Game of Thrones, season eight, probably was the thing that I have like been super, super looking forward to. And it has been extremely lacking in certain areas for me. But I am not one of the people that are hating on Sunday's episode. So, yeah, as of this recording, we are five episodes in. We are in the end game of Thrones, if you Ooh. will. That's the name of the episode. So, end game of Thrones. So, KB and I are going to be talking a little bit about end game, and then we're going to kind of go into game of Thrones and talk about that. But I know for you and I, just discussing it, you and I are big fans of the game of Thrones. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, or at least like both like hyping each other up. So I want to know. Yeah. We haven't really talked about this season. So let's let's go. What, what, I know you said it's been lacking for you in a certain area, but let's start off with just you know, beginning of season eight. Everything is set. Uh, you know, where where do we go from here? We know that we know John's true heritage, but he doesn't know it as of yet. I would have to say. Um, we last time you and I spoke, you you were like so perfect with it, and you said season eight episode one mirrors season one episode one more Correct. so in a in so many ways that you nobody's really spoke about. This is the first time since season one that we've had the largest 
group of main characters being in the same place at the same time for the same purpose. That's exciting. Like, that's what we all have been waiting for. Oh, everyone's getting back together now and da-da-da. And I feel that only certain storylines have made me feel okay. I feel that I feel that this whole um, Daenerys is like the Batman of of the show. Like, you know, die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Which is unfortunately... It's funny you say that. Go ahead. Finish your thoughts. I have have a counter to that. Because, and then in the uh, the complete polar opposite is to see Cersei Lannister humanized finally with that single teardrop, like, after everything. Like, I have never, not even when Cersei was held by the High Sparrow himself, I have never seen Cersei Lannister defeated. I saw her get beat and look at a woman and say, Your, my face will be the last face you ever see. Cersei Lannister is finally, like, was destroyed. Like, and I don't mean, like, killed or anything. I mean, like, the person who her aura, her being, like, Everything never, she was about was destroyed. Yeah. Like, every every ounce of her personality of her just her her personage her 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 being was wiped out it was like she wears like especially in the last moments you could see like the confident cersei lannister was there but it's just a shell of her her words were all empty no (laughs) all it takes is one clean shot and kyburn tells her we don't have any more scorpions left oh well the fleet there is no fleet and she's still like stands there and she she fights it even longer. Well, I want to go back. I want to go back to what yeah. you said on her being the Batman, uh, Daenerys being the Batman of this. I think she's more like the Joker, believe it or not. Because if you the killing joke, all you need is that one bad day. And let's yeah. look at everything she's lost. She's lost half of her Dothraki army. She's lost oh. some of her unsullied. She's lost two of her most trusted advisors. Whoa, wait, wait. You're only saying two. How about two in a week? She lost yeah. Sir Barrister yeah. already. She mm-hmm. lost her, like, guardian. Like, Grey Worm we look at as, like, Grey Worm's her protector. No, Dario was dead in love with her and her protector, as lo- just like the other one was. Just right. like uh, Mormon, just like Jorah was. Like, she had two men that would literally, one did die for her, and the other one was still willing to. Like... I don't know. She's oh man. So she's I've been through the emotional ringer, and then the one person that, that she has now giving her heart to, and recently Jon Snow, she finds out not only is she not meant for the throne, there's somebody that has more of a claim to it, and it's also the man that she loves, and now he can't love her back. He is not only not able to love her back, but he's disgusted with himself for actually loving her back. He right. can't do it, but he does. And in his world that he grew up in, you can't love your aunt. Like, it's just not, he was raised in the North. Varys and John, I mean, Varys and, and, and Tyrion, like, saving things to each other, and they're valid, they're true. Um, oh, man. It's just, it's coming to, so that's what we're on. We're on John and Daenerys. John so, like, and then well, we can even talk about, like, Daenerys' whole circle like you know you talk about Tyrion Tyrion's been making bad choices as her hand Varys has been plotting against her well, and if well, you the last, the last episode, stick with Tyrion. yep I just want to yeah. go I want to focus on Tyrion Tyrion is is realistically he is not making bad choices 
he is underestimating. He's never had to battle other Lannisters. He's yeah. using all his tactics against people who use the same tactics and know he's going to attack me this way. So what, they're playing chess and they're just ahead of, of Tyrion. Tyrion's a thinker, but not a, he's not a strategist. No matter what, Cersei like, is not a warrior, but she'll tell everybody how to get stuff done and create right. fear to make sure. people do it. Jamie is noble and gallant, and he's done this all. People will follow him even with a golden right hand where he can't fight the way he's supposed to. Like, not that saying, like, I'm talking, I, wow, I just brought it back to season seven. Right now, here we are, though, like, I want you to know, like, yeah, it does look like very much Tyrion's making all these bad choices. Varys actually did. That was the second name. Varys actually did betray her. And I didn't know, I, know, I didn't notice that at first. Did you? Did you, did you pick it up when he said she's not eating? No, I, di- I thought that, like, he was concerned for her. My cousin Brendan actually brought it to my attention that, like, yo, he was trying to poison her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And come to find out, uh, the other the other parallels we talked about, the opening of season uh, eight re- referencing, uh, you know, parallels season, yep. season one. Um, how about this? Ned Stark, right before he was executed, was writing a script possibly for a raven, that Joffrey was not the son of, not the legitimate son of Robert Baratheon. Uh, and then Barris, in his last act, he was writing a script saying, you know, that uh, Jon Snow is actually a Targaryen. And exactly. they, they both get executed, and that's their, their true. They're both executed for trying to tell the truth, if you will. Yes. The unfortunate thing with Var well, no, here's the mystery. Who is he sending it to? Good point. Honestly, like, I have no idea. Who do you send that to? Sansa already knows. Sansa holds, like, what are you, are you trying to send that to Dorne? Because Dorne's already swore, Dorne's already swore to Daenerys. The Iron Islands already sworn to Daenerys. The, like, realistically, the Riverlands and the whole North would support Jon Snow, whatever's left of the Riverlands. But even so, like, there is no one that that letter mattered to. When Varys is writing that, who? Who you have the we have the whole collective besides who Cersei has, right? Yeah, I don't know who she sent who, who the, he would send it to. Um, maybe maybe somebody from the Iron Islands, or, or maybe Yara would like realize like, okay, we pledged our allegiance to the Targaryens, but she's not the best Targaryen. She's not. I mean, how do you how do you kind of you know figure out? Like, well, I look at it like this, and this is the truth. Yara um, Greyjoy does control probably the last fleet, okay? She probably holds the last fleet, but she stands no real threat to Jon Snow. And on top of it, she doesn't know enough about anything to really take one side or the other. You know what I mean? If she would get this letter from Varys saying, Jon's the true king, this and that, who cares? It doesn't. You know what I mean? In her eyes, yeah. it doesn't matter. Jon doesn't really have a dragon or, you know... Well, that's that's what I'm curious about as we're going into the last episode. Like, where do you see it going? Do you see it going to be John versus Daenerys? I think um, I think that Arya kills Daenerys. That dragon, John takes and leaves. The last person that John gave power to was Santa Stark. I've been saying it for the past. I've been saying it for years, man. Santa will sit on the Iron Throne because nobody was trained to be that kind of leader that Westeros needs in the most grimy, like she knows how to be noble from her father. And then what is it? Nature versus nurture or whatever. 
yeah. the nature of her knows everything that her father has taught her. You know what I mean? And like then her life experience has taught her how to rule in the other aspect. Now, how many times have you watched uh, the last few episodes? Have you seen um, them multiple times, or were they only were they only? I've watched the last three episodes three times a piece. Okay, so there was a scene I can't remember what episode it was between um, Tyrion and Bran. Where Tyrion wants to, I think it's right before the Battle of Winterfell. It is. That's you're talking about where, uh, season two. I mean, episode two. He says he, something to the lines of, um, does he say something to the lines of Bran that he'd be Lord of Winterfell? So he goes, "You're Ned Stark's last born son." Blah blah blah. And he did. He said all that to him, and he said, "No, I'm not." Like, but but Bran's been saying that since freaking. Jojen Reed died, and Marion Reed dragged him all the way back to the wall and gets him back to Winterfell. And he's like, I'm, she's like, I'm going home. And he just like, you know, he lets everybody know, like, I'm not really Bran Stark anymore. But did, what did he, I wonder what, like, I have to go rewatch that. I wonder well, what he this said is, to, to Did he say want, he didn't want it? He did say he didn't. Like, he said that it's really not for him. But what was more interesting to me in the interactions between the two of them is when Tyrion makes a little comment about the uh, the wheelchair that he's in, and then he's like, you know, he asks him about what's going on or what he's been through, and it's like, it's a long story. And then Tyrion, smartass, just goes like, if only we were in a castle alone in the middle of winter with nowhere to go. That's the conversation between them two that I would have loved to hear. Well, the only reason I bring that up is because there was another scene a little bit later where Tyrion and Varys were talking about how Jon was the true heir uh, to the Iron Throne, and uh, Tyrion said he doesn't want it, and Varys said, well, maybe it's somebody that doesn't want to rule who will be the best ruler of all. So I wonder if that's even foreshadowing Bran, because my thought was, imagine having that power of the Three-Eyed Raven to be able to see all the mistakes in the history of the past, and know what worked and what didn't work, and be a ruler that can go back and look at the past to see what happened. God, I love your, like, you can tell why you're definitely one of my best friends. Like, you have such a great imagination, and you did, you just, like, you took a, a lot of pieces right there, and you made something that could make sense completely. But what I think of, right, and this is, like, me going off into, like, a different, like, I don't know, movie universe, but, dude, like, the true king, like, a true leader doesn't want, like, oh, God, what movie is this from? Like, they, they say, like, like a, a, people who want power and want to, like, lead, and they'll do anything for that. Like, a true-born leader doesn't need the record. Oh, my God, how about Tywin Lannister in the series? Any man who says he's king is no king. Any yeah. man who's going to say, like, Jon yeah. Snow is the opposite of that. Like, I understand, like, hey, we love, like, I, I can't even say we love Bran. I'm going to be honest. Bran is probably, like, He's the boring. He's a, He's a I know, weirdo. But, but even beyond that, dude, his whole story arc, and the, the only, like, thing is they tied him into Jon's story arc with the Night King. Like, we will, you know what I mean? Like, unless Bran's going to take us through the past, unless Bran's going to have more, like, psychedelic trip-outs where he's seeing all these different events, Bran's been boring. Brandon, yeah. could you imagine that? Like, could you imagine, like, how, like, they all say that we're going to be upset with the end, and how upset, how happy would you be if Bran sat on the Iron Throne? That right there, that, like, 
that's our superhero comics and stuff that we watch. Like, oh, my God, imagine having a ruler who could go back to the past and make sure this doesn't happen again. And if this stuff, like, imagine, like, but realistically, dude, this, I, I just don't see it being like that. I, I, I look at the way Game of Thrones has been set up. And I'm going all the way. I'm just going to cover all of Game of Thrones without getting any specifics. Mm-hmm. They have given us leaders who none of them are meant to lead. Robert, show opens up with a warrior, a straight warrior who wants to win battles, hunt, kill, drink, F, all that, and doesn't has no concern about a kingdom. No concern about it all. Then we move to our replacement, his quote-unquote son, Joffrey, who is literally just obsessed with the title and wants, like, thinks with the title, cruelty comes along with it. And then we move beyond that to Toman. Toman is just, like, pure... He's innocent. He's pure he innocence is. and naivety, and he has no yes. experience, and he's just, he doesn't... He's, he's the polar opposite of what Joffrey was. Joffrey, exactly. And then... But he's also easily manipulated by the Sept and, and all that other stuff, so... Yes, and but more so than the Sept is Marjorie, and that's acceptable. I mean, like, oh, God, she got, like, and I, Cersei was right. Like, granted, Cersei's evil, but she knew what Marjorie was doing. We were all on, we were all on Marjorie's side because, oh, my God, it's Marjorie, and she's nice, and I'm telling you, man, like, we really don't know what these crazy women will do. Like, Marjorie could have set up a whole other scenario, too. Marjorie is playing her own game. Well, that's from the, right from the beginning. But let's anyway, bring it yeah, back right. to characters. Let's bring it back to characters that are still alive on this show. So obviously that means we're leaving out, and again, spoilers. I'll mention this at the top of the show. But obviously we're spoiling it because we've seen the first five episodes. But as of now, Cersei and Jamie are donezo. Okay, how, so... How are you feeling about Jamie? Let's go back to that and talk about Jamie and, um, you know, his whole tryst with Brienne and then subsequently, like, leaving her and going back to Cersei. I can tell you this from personal experience. I completely understand Jamie Lannister. Jamie Lannister has, from the beginning of the show, from season one, like, I hate this guy. He is, like, he's perfect, and I hate him for being perfect. And even though he's a creep, like, and then from season two on, Literally, from season two on, this man became my my favorite character. He had to deal with so much real-life weird stuff or, like, being bound to somebody else. And I don't know. The whole twist with Brienne shows me this. He is a good man. He real, She even says it to him. And he has so much guilt over the stuff that he has done over the toxic twisted love that that woman has created with him that this this guy says i can't have happiness she is of hatred and so am i but i really feel like nobody got to kill cersei because of jamie's redemption throughout the show like honestly like how awful would it be for us to see jamie go back try to go save her just for Arya to slit her throat as he gets there Mm. You know what I mean? There was nothing that, like, oh, man. It would have been great for me if you would have stood with Brienne. But, I mean, honestly, 
them two are sick, twisted, and toxic, and they get to die together. Them well, and their love get to die together. It's funny you say that because um, there were a lot of people I was talking to that were thinking when he left Brienne, he was going, he was like realizing how toxic Cersei was, and he was going to kill her. And I'm like, there's no way. This this woman is how they they've had such like you said, just this toxic love between each other. I think for me, it's, it's the equivalent of you know, you're you're this type of guy that has this really bad relationship. And you're a good person, and then you move on, but then you realize. And I think that the turning point was when Sansa said, I always thought I was going to be there when they execute your sister. It's a shame I'm going to miss it. And I think that, like, kind of went off, like, hey, she's going to, like, she's really in danger. Or this this is a finality, like. Finality, you nailed it. That's the word I was hoping you said. I truly love her. I need to get back to her. And that's why now it's like, you know, here's, I, I, I bring this whole kind of parallel with, you know, this is the girl that I love versus this is the girl that, like, I deserve. This is the good girl that I should be with, but she's not the one I really love. I'm attracted to this girl. We had this flirtation, but I still, it's still this other one that has this hold on me. And I think that's the whole thing with him and Cersei. And I oh. think that's what he was trying to tell Brienne when he said, you know, she's his hateful and so am I. Like, the fact is, like, we're, we're like, I love her. Like, this is this is who I love. I can't. I can't help it. Like as much as I like, you know, I am this honorable person or he had this redemption. It's still that, that love that like it's, it's somebody was complaining to me about it saying like how it's like these characterizations that undoing all this characterization. And to me, I'm like, no, it's actually furthering their character because you're seeing them like kind of devolve and go back to something. It's like a relapse when somebody relapses, you know, yes. drugs or anything. Like that. It's a relapse for him. And, you know, he almost got out. And, yes, it's, it'd be, you know, it'd be great if there was, like, you know, a typical series where, oh, he overcomes all this and he's, you know, a hero in the end. But that's not that the world that we live in. That's not no, the world that dude, we live in not. in the Game of Thrones world. No, and, and in the real world, it's not either, dude. Like, as much as I want to, like, complain about one thing or another with the show, like, I was very happy with both of their deaths. So, like... I wanted Jamie to live. I 100% wanted Jamie to live. But there was no better way of going out on this than them two dying together. I mean, as much as you want to hate Cersei, all of Cersei's kids got killed. All of them. Like, Cersei's prophecy came true on way too many occasions. The witch that she, um, the witch that told her when she was a kid that you're going to you have yep. all these kids and they'll have golden shrouds and they'll all die. But beyond that, Way back when, when Cersei was going at Tyrion, right? Tyrion told her, like, I'll, like, you'll be paid back for this. When you taste the ash in your mouth or whatever it may have been, like, like it was crazy because this is geek stuff. Like, like I'm not talking specifically. Like, you and I know that. The actors didn't know the ending of this show. Right. So for them to take something way back then... Like, the conversation, like, dude, like, even the words, like, the, when you feel, like, the dust and ash in your mouth or whatever, like, then you'll know you've been paid back for this. You know what I mean? Oh, man. Like, I know that's, like, reading no, your that's, that's, memory. That's, that's great. No, it's very deep. It's a very, you know, it's a deep cut. But you just reminded me of something else when we were talking about that, when you were talking about Cersei. If you want to talk about, like, you know, how Cersei is, like, this evil, manipulative person, and going back to some conversation, we were talking about the characterization, some people were saying, oh, Daenerys with Daenerys is doing it so uncharacteristic. Yeah. Hey, that guy. I'm sorry. Oh, 
We don't know how to do it. We have somebody else joining joining the call. Yeah, um, basically, like Cersei lost, and it's funny, it's, it's all kind of tied together. Cersei lost her children. She lost her love. She lost everything she, like, built up. And, you know, she's not, not that she's mad, but she, she's very... You're awesome for where you're going. The parallels with Daenerys, where she's lost her dragons, her children. Yes. She's lost her closest advisors. She's lost, you know, her family, if you will. And then she's lost everything. She doesn't have a claim to the throne anymore, just like Cersei really doesn't, because now they, you know, oh, the Targaryen's coming back. Well, now the, the crown and the throne isn't really yours. She's the true. And now Daenerys is being, you know, ousted by John. It's this whole, like, thing where, like, you can see her becoming, like, like Cersei was, like, you know, desperate and, and unhinged and just, like, evil. And it's, I think it's it's just really good characterization. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, would I like to have seen Daenerys come in and you know be all this with like this true like be the Wonder Woman? Yeah, be like the 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 super like. But honestly, look at how I led with like I'm so, like I know I went with the Batman thing, but it's true. Like she she a hundred percent like oh man. And you go back to you go back to season one. When her brother, uh, where Drogo is pouring the molten gold over her brother's head, she is not flinching. She is not scared. She, Dude, she ate a horse's heart. Right, but I'm saying even before that, though, like, like yeah. the 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 the, the um, scenes, the scenes that took place. Yeah, the horse's heart, the the gold, the, the it was there the whole time. It was the seeds were planted right back then that she was kind of cold, not cold hearted, but she was willing to do whatever it takes. Now you can say yes, he was an asshole. And he, like, you know, like, inappropriately touched her. He put her, he sold her to get the Dothraki army so he could take the throne. And, you know, it's revenge. The same thing with the slavers. Everything else, everyone that she killed, you can, you can pretty much say, you know, oh, they had it coming. I absolutely agree with that. But the fact is, like, when you have, even fast forward to last season, with the Tarleys, who are defeated, and they won't bend the knee. You know, and Tyrion's trying to tell her, don't kill them. They keep they them as prisoners. Yeah. And she doesn't want to. Like, that, regardless, like, that's, those are prisoners. And then we saw the same thing happen. Um, and that's why I think there's going to be a throwdown with Grey Worm and Jon Snow. Well, we had the face. Point. We had the, the he looked back. Yeah, so basically what happened is after the Golden Company, basically, and Cersei's army basically threw, threw down their weapons, uh, Daenerys just went crazy and started frying everybody. And then... Uh, the Unsullied, led by the uh, Grey Worm, started attacking these unarmed soldiers. I'm like, and John's trying to hold them, the soldiers back, and Grey His own men. Them a look. Yeah. Yeah. And Grey Worm, so I'm like, oh, there's going to be a throwdown at some point. And again, Grey Worm is, is going off, off um, he's going off his grief as well, because he saw all of his life killed and beheaded, you know, but by Percy. You know how we were talking about characters progressing and everything like when it comes to stuff like that? Yep. How about the fact that Grey Worm was probably, he even said it in one of the episodes, the bravest of the Unsullied. I had no fears. I had blah, blah, blah. Like, he told, like, dude, he got his nipple cut off by the guy and didn't flinch. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, with, oh, God, was I just going with that? So, when Grey Worm ends up letting this woman into his heart and falls for her, he tells her, you have become my weakness. Like some men, you know, some guys, like, are afraid of water. They throw them in the water. They're afraid, they're afraid of dogs. They make them sleep with, daughter, uh, with dogs. He's like, me, I had no fear. 
now you, you are my weakness. You are my fear. Like, and then through her getting her, her getting her head chopped off was just too much. But what was even crazier, and this is just me. I watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of movies, blah, blah, blah. Cersei Lannister was right there on the side of her, whispering in her ear. Any last words? My last words would have been like, tuck and roll, bitch, here we go, and pull her off the thing with me. Right there, boom, Cersei's dead, war's over. Boom, it's a wrap. She's on the ground, broken down. True, true. But, you know. But, hey, let's let's look at this. this. And this could have led to what made Daenerys make her decisions. What did she say before she was decapitated? Yeah, Dracarys, and unfortunately, burn, burn, like, burn look them at, yeah. and look what happens, dude. Oh, man. So, um... Yeah, wait, 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 I want to talk about more characters. Yeah, okay, so I, I I always, like, go along, like, from villain to villain, and I'm like, oh, it's a good villain. It's a really good villain. I hate this guy so much. So one of our newest villains, who I actually, like, have grown to kind of like, just on his warrior aspect, is Yoran Greyjoy. From the second yeah. that he dropped his, like, like claws onto their boats and, like, captured the sand snakes and, like, beat the Greyjoys and all that, I was like, oh, this guy is really as good as he says he is. Like, this is not a joke. But the fact that his fleet gets taken out and then him and Jay, like, he is so arrogant. I guess I maybe enjoy his arrogance a little. But him and Jamie, my favorite character, have a fight. It looks like he beats Jamie and even t- he tells him, you fought well for a cripple and... He's like, uh, you know, even after all that, like, in his crazy head, all he cares about is that he he stabbed Jamie in the back. I'm the man who killed cowboys. Um, Sorry, my my son. My son's all about the show right now. Um, Okay. There's nothing wrong with cowboys. Unfortunately, there's none of them in Game of Thrones. None in Game of Thrones. We'll get on Westworld next season. But um, But, um, I want to talk about Euron real quick, though, before we get into what happened. Um, I, I think the reason why I like him so much, and I think he's so enjoyable, is because you've always had kind of Cersei as like the main villain, if you will, like the dastardly person throughout the series. But as far as male antagonist villains, you had Joffrey, who was like, you know, he was he was like arrogant, but in a different sense. Like he, he thought he was owed, you know, because yeah. of his title. Then you had um, uh, Ramsey Bolton. You know, you're going, but don't forget along the way, you just like you went from major to major. You forgot about Walder Frey, right? Big, big scumbag. Um, along the way, who else, dude? Littlefinger, wicked villain. All of these, like, we are, you're right, you're talking about main antagonist to main antagonist. Main antagonist, yeah. But along the way, there were fellas. There were definitely fillers. Yeah. Um, I, oh my I, I God. Okay. Joffrey between Ramsay and now this is a different type of villain that's like dastardly, but he, because he's so arrogant and a little bit more out there, he's not like sadistic like Ramsay. So I think we had Whoa. that that sadisticness. The fact that this is a little bit of a different personality, I think, makes him more likable. Yeah. You know? I'm going to tell you this is what's crazy. Our three main villains. Boom, boom, boom. Right. So. We go. Who, did we, who was the first one I said? Was Joffrey or whatever? Yep. Dude, it's bastard after bastard after bastard. Mm. Like, have you picked up on that? No, I did not. Because obviously Joffrey's no real whatever. You know what I mean? He's he's 
not really the kid of he's not Robert Baratheon's kid. Right. Um, Ramsey also a bastard, not a true to whatever. And then but was Euron was Euron was no, still that's a what I, no, that's what I wanted to bring up. Okay, so the other two were thank you. My brain gets foggy sometimes. Okay, so yeah, I, the other two were bastards. The thing that I really that's why I wanted to, the point I wanted to make. He is the first real, real villain since Tywin Lannister died, who is like a pure blood of his family. And what I love about him so much is he is the, if Oberyn is the protagonist, he is on that same level as Oberyn in my eyes, as a warrior who's traveled the world, who learned how to fight everywhere. He is the negative version of what Oberyn was trying to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like, or what Oberyn actually was, you know? And this is a good segue. How did Oberyn die? Uh, good segue into where we should definitely go next. The mountain. The mountain smushed his head. Pick it up, Jay Free. Pick it up, baby. Go so, so we see the Hound and Arya sneak in to King's Landing. And she's there to kill Cersei. He's there to fight his brother. And as Daenerys is going a little buck wild, bringing down the city, uh, the Hound basically tells Arya to look at him, and he says, this is what you're going to become. If you stay here, you're going to die. And Arya kind of has almost like, I want to go on a whole arc about her in a little bit, but we we basically leave that piece where he goes to fight his brother as uh, Cersei, Kyburn, and... uh, Kyburn, Cersei, and Mountain. Are all walking down. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's getting to the point where, um, you know, basically uh, the, mountain, the mountains wants to fight, wants to fight his brother, but Kyburn orders him to stop, and that's the end of Kyburn pretty much. Well, Frankenstein is killed by his own monster. And, Jeff, you're really good at this, man. I wouldn't have thought of that, but that's a perfect analogy. Um, so it's funny because... When Cer- okay, Kyburn says it third. Cersei one time demands it. Stay next to your queen, and he turns and looks at her, and he, you could see he's like struggling for like a split second, and then he turns back and he's like, "No, this is really what I got to do." You know what I mean? He wants yeah. to like, and then that you know she tries one more time and it doesn't get through, and then Kyburn really thinks he can tell him, "Listen to your queen." Like, yeah, come on. Hey, Kyburn, hey, my friend keeps saying this, and I get a kick out of it. Dead before impact. Like, that dude, before that dude even hit the ground, like, he was dead. He was done. He was yeah. done. But that also then now led to Clegane Bowl. Clegane Bowl. And, uh, and it was very poignant. It was very poetic, the way it ended, in my opinion. Um, but we see, like, for example, we see them fighting... Uh, and then the mountain just won't go down as much as the hound is stabbing him with the sword. And then we get to the scene where the, the mountain grabs him by the eyes, puts the thumbs in the eyes, raises him up, is about to rip his skull apart. And the hound takes a dagger and stabs him. He's feeling around his face, stabs him right through the head. Doesn't affect him. He's trying to pull the blade out where then the hound kind of opens his eye. He still has the use of one eye. He goes and he straight up tackles the mountain through the wall as they plummet down like multiple, multiple stories from one of those towers into the fire that the Daenerys' dragon has set ablaze to the city. And I thought it was very poetic 
how the hound was made this way because his brother pushed his face to the fire, and that's how they both go out and they die. Is you know, born from fire and death by fire. By fire. Well, I thought like what was like really. I love the Club Game Bowl. I okay. I almost wish I could have gotten like I wish they weren't fighting on a stairway like. It, like, was, uh, yeah, it, was, it, could have, it could have been a lot longer and a lot more, like, brutal. But I but think I thought, the timing. Um, I just wanted to say this because, like, we kind of skipped by this. We both know that the Hound is amazing, but the Hound, before he even got into confrontation with his brother, cut down four of the Queen's guards with ease. One slice, two slice, three slice, four. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, it was pretty incredible like obviously you know, nothing was going to get in his way from what he wanted you know that's he's he's got that's his purpose that's what he's there for so that's okay you just thank you this is what i've learned about season eight purpose everybody's purpose is being fulfilled and then you can die pretty much like that's that's just what i am getting out of this like oh you did it die nope you did this die oh you did this die well, this, um, leads, this leads to my next point, but unless you want to wrap up with the hand or, or the mountain. Well, I wanted to say this about it, dude. Like, when you were talking about, like, the mountain holding the hound up against the wall, dude, like, and he's, like, before his thumbs even get in his eyes, he's choking him. There's, like, no mm-hmm. air getting to him. And that's when he pulled, dude, when he's stabbing him over and over in the neck, like, the hound knows how to kill people. Those knife marks, when he's, like, he's not trying to, like, he's trying to get that, into his heart, like, through, like, that neck cavity or whatever, like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And he's just like, why won't you die? And then he gets him in the head, and I'm still sitting there, and I'm like, zombie logic. You stab something in the head, it's dead. It's supposed to be dead, yeah. Yeah. But zombies and, um, don't work that way in Game of Thrones. No, they they truly, truly don't. Zombies in Game of Thrones can still keep fighting when you do almost anything to them. And that's where I want to go next, because we, the, what we didn't touch upon was a few episodes prior... Ooh. Battle of Winterfell with the zombies, the White Walkers, and more specifically, Arya Stark. Okay. Um, were you happy with the episode? Like, this is just before we start really talking about it and getting really into it. You know, because I, I, understand. I didn't mind it. I understand people that thought it was like, you know, was that it? Was that all? But I think I think it's been a red herring. I don't think that the Night King, even though the, the series opens up with, you know, one of the Night's Watch, I believe it is, like, you know, abandoning their post because of the White Walkers. I think that's the threat that they have to, like, end. But the the, the title of the series is called Game of Thrones. So I don't think it was ever going to be... I don't think it was ever going to be the, the White Walkers and the Night King as the no. last battle. It would have been called The Long Night, which is a right. possible title for our prequel. Right. But, but you're right. We just... We just all got caught up in it. Like, we got caught up in this Night King and zombies because it was a new aspect to the show. Like, we really all forgot about that. Like, we did get that first little clip in, like, episode one, season one. That's how the show opened. But when's the next time we heard about a White Walker? Not until somewhere in season two, right? Right. But the, Besides the is, old man stories. Right. But the thing yeah. is, the White Walkers, in like, essence, are a catalyst to turn. Like, again, it's the plot device. It's the MacGuffin, if you will. It's the thing that turns... Uh, Daenerys from the hero to the villain because that's where she starts suffering her personal losses. losses. Yeah. 
Jeff, do you remember in season seven when she, the episode called Dragonstone, I believe it may be the first episode of season seven, she pulls up the Dragonstone, finally gets into her family's castle, has all of her new allies. Yep. Olena Tyrell, she has the Sand Snakes, she has the Greyjoys, she has like at least nine people in there. And at the beginning of this episode, after Varys' little poisoning stunt, Tyrion goes to see her and she's literally alone. Yep. She now has Grey Worm, and you can tell she doesn't trust Tyrion. Right. And the love of her life, or, or one of, like the person that she loves, doesn't love her back or can't love her back, and so she's totally alone. She's lost two of her babies. Like, there's just so much to that, and there's yeah. so much to like, the depth of the, what that character must be thinking and going through and the emotions that that character must be feeling. I'm not – like, that's why I'm saying, like – I think it's great characterization. I know the fact that, you know, it's it's uncharacteristic for her to typically do that based on what we've seen. But it also, to me, is is like I can totally get why she might be acting, quote, unquote, out of character because now she's just filled with loss and, and sadness and rage and, and just despair. And now she's just lashing out. Dude, she's alone. Like, I feel bad for her. Like, but she is... She suffers from what a lot of human beings suffer from, and it just shows the humanization of her because people are spiteful. Sometimes you can take an easy victory and just walk away and be happy with the victory that you have. But sometimes like you, when you know you were hurt and you were wronged by someone, you can't help but to want to retaliate and burn down the city and attack innocents when there's no, like, that's what happened. Like, it's been man. yeah, I feel it's, bad it's for her, But let's go back because again, it all started with the White Walkers and her losing one of her dragons. But let's just talk about the Night King and his demise. Did you see Arya being the one to to pull the trigger, or do you think it was going to be John? Never in a million years did I think it was Arya. I thought it was John. I wanted to see John's sword fight with the Night King more than anything. I wanted to see the Night King's sword and. And, you know, Ghost, well, I can't, Longclaw, I wanted to see them too. Like, Clash, I wanted to see what he could do. Bro, we can't, we never saw anything he could do but throw a spear and raise people from the dead. Right. He never even quoted a word. Right. Well, and my, my thing was, and then we, we talk about the long-term planning and, and stuff. How about uh, Melisandre telling Arya when she caught back up with Arya? She's the one that told her she's supposed to kill the Night King. Like, she's well, the one that alluded to it. Okay, so then who's Green Eyes? Uh, Daenerys, then. It's got to be, right? It's got to be Daenerys, I would assume. Well, well, this is what's unfortunate. I'm not going to act like I've read every Game of Thrones book, but I've read at least the first four, okay? Daenerys mm-hmm. is described as having hair, not blonde, like white and silverish, and her eye color is almost purple. She's almost like albino-ish in the book. So like okay. the green, like well, I, I really want. I hope that prophecy flowed for both, not only the the TV show, but I hope that prophecy was in the book. And I'm gonna have to go back and now look that up to confirm that. But my thing is, we all believe that the green eye prophecy was for her to kill Cersei. So now I'm at this point, and I'm like, I don't remember. Does Daenerys have green eyes in like real life? Does Emily Clark have green eyes? Have they given her contacts all along? Has this been some sort of a setup that? Arya Stark is going to have to be the one to kill every antagonist now, or like, or did she already kill the people with the brown eyes and green eyes? 
And then that's why she went when Alessandra was talking to her. She said green eyes, brown eyes, and blue eyes. And that's why she left blue as the last one, because the Night King was the last major character she was going to kill. Because think about it. She killed, I don't remember the dude's name, in the brothel. Uh, when she took the face of a young girl because he liked the young girls. I don't know what. Well, I can't remember his name. Sir, Ma- Sir Marin. You're talking about Sir Marin when she was yep. across the seas. Yep. Yep. And then we had uh, Walter, Walter Frey, which was a big one. See, I, when I say brown eyes, brown eyes to me is Walter Frey. But in the easiest, most simplest thing, I don't like without me getting too like caught up in all this. Mm-hmm. She killed the whole Frey family. Right. Even if she didn't kill the Night King, best believe she killed brown eyes, blue eyes, and green eyes at that party. Or what about uh, Baelish? And she got Baelish, too. Yes. So what if he had green? I, don't, I forget what color his eyes yeah. But I'm saying that that prophecy could could essentially refer to, you know, any of those oh, characters. Great, exactly. A great many things. So then let's let's go with this, then. What's what's the end of Arya Stott's storyline then? Well, that's, if, that's perfect because this is where I want to, I want to kind of wrap this up um, as I've had you for almost 45 minutes now. Have we really um, done? Yeah. Um, wow. For about 42 minutes, right? Nice, nice. Um, but I want to say, okay, so we've got one episode left. Let's go. Where, where do you see, what, give me three characters and where you see their arcs going to go. Um, Sansa, Queen of the Seven Kingdoms, um, Jon Snow, dead. Um, Samuel Tolly, the whole reason why you and I get to watch a Game of Thrones is because Samuel Tolly is the one who wrote the real book of Game of Thrones. Interesting. So, so I see him being not like as if this is being read to us, but let me tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if like kind of like the last, last, last two minutes of the show, it's Samuel writing the book of this, and then, like, literally, the last scene is a dragon egg cracking. I can't really comment on Danny because I I can't see Danny sitting on the throne, but I also have no idea what's going to happen. I think John has to kill her, but I think yeah. John has to die. I'm really, like, the dragon can't live either. Like, so we're right. really, really fucked right now. Oh, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. I'm not good. It's all good. We, I can, it's all good. It's, it's a it's a explicit yeah. podcast, so we're good. All right. <laughs> um, but um, but I think I. Th- what do you think about Arya? What's Arya gonna do? Is she gonna become Gendry's wife and become a lady? No, no. I think Arya's gonna ride off into the sunset. I think, I think she's actually been like more like humanized lately. So I think going back home to Winterfell kind of like made her. It gave her more of like a, a warmth and, and love and affection than she had previously because she was a stone-cold killer. killer. I have a, got, got, now, I'm sorry. I just totally changed my opinion on Arya Stark. Yeah. So I'm, I've am i been adamant now, like I said, about Santa being on the, the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Since Arya's been back to Winterfell, Arya's main thing is we are family. We saw our, Arya is the protector of Sansa. So if I see anything happening, this is going to sound so funny, but I will take it all the way back to when Renly predicted he was king. Brienne wants to be the fucking... I'm sorry. Brienne wants to be a king's guard. I could see Sansa being the queen and her queen's guards being two more females, Brienne and Arya. Okay, then who's her hand? Who? 
her hand is, is Tyrion. You think it would be Bran where he again no. using his powers? No. I think Bran goes beyond the wall with the wildlings where the last three I gave him lived. Okay. Like his place is not among the south because oh okay. No you're like, oh he could be the king. The Three-Eyed Raven's place is not in the south. In the south, they cut down all of the trees that had any connection to the old gods. So that's why Winterfell's, like, tree that, like, we open up seeing Ned at and where, like, the final battle with the night, where the Night King yeah, died. Yeah, yeah. Those trees are only left in the north. And, like, if you, you watch the opening credits, you see that there's a special, there's, like, three walls around where that area is. That area is very, very protected in Winterfell. Interesting. I wonder if he becomes part of that tree. He becomes the, the, the previous three-eyed raven when they were under, you know, the hold the door scene where he was like part of that tree. I feel like that. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, we can't really get into too much detail about this, but I've read a lot of Wikipedia stuff about the three-eyed raven, about his character. He was the original one was a bastard. His last name was Flowers, and so on and so forth. When you're the three-eyed raven. You were the three-eyed raven for, like, I don't think they age normally or something because, like, they, I want to, oh, man, now, like, damn it, we're talking about the three-eyed raven. That's, like, way back in, like, season five. Oh, uh, man. Um, he's Jeff. I really think that There's he goes north. I, I think he goes final, beyond. Okay, my final, final thing, thought is, is Sansa on the throne. Sansa on the throne, Tyrion's her hand. She has her two queen's guards. Um, she knows enough. Like, I, I really feel like... I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think that's going to happen because John doesn't want to lead. John's going to lead the battle against Daenerys and whatever she's got left. I don't know how the dragon's going to die unless Bran can control the dragon he to remove the... Dra- yes, and removes the dragon out of play from Daenerys. But John will never kill Daenerys. John says, you will always be my queen. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about before. You took a, a brief second to talk about John and Daenerys, and you were talking about how messed up Daenerys is and everything. The, the line that Daenerys used, and it's true, everybody loves you here, John. Like, me? I have no love here. All I have is fear. And then she kisses him, and they're, like, passionately kissing, and you see it. If you pay attention, you see John stop for a second. Yeah. <clears throat> and a woman knows. She backed away from him and said, let it be fear then. Even yep. from the man she loves. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be my, – my prediction is I think, I think John's going to kill Daenerys, like especially after like what happened last week uh, with, you know, uh, the Unsullied and the remaining Dothraki, like attacking the unarmed men. I think John's now realizing, okay, this is not what this needs to be. You know, he says he doesn't want to be king, but I think this is kind of like the leading up to it. I think he might end up sitting on the throne, or he's going to die, like trying to, to take take out Danny. Um, but my, I would think that I, I think if in a perfect world, if it was to end happily, I'd say John on the throne with Arya as his king's guard and Tyrion as the hand, and then Sansa and Brienne stay up north, and she's the wardeness of the north. But. I don't know. That's, I don't. That's, that's yeah, wow. That's a lot, man. Like this show is getting crazy. But I think we're gonna see a couple more deaths. I don't know who we're gonna see die though. Oh. 
Oh man, Jeff, anyway, man, it was. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have a recap after the next episode too. After we're probably like one or two weeks after the finale, we'll get together again, whether it be just a phone call or whatnot, and we'll, just, we'll discuss the ending and overall the series as a whole. Oh man. Um. Uh, go ahead, man. Final no, thought. no. I just final thought is everything that we've all waited for and took a whole year away from needs this Almost next episode. No, Almost I know, but Jeff, we need this next episode to redeem the show. Just like from my end, like we really... Real quick, so what would redeem it? How would it be redeemed? Oh, man. I can't. I can't even redeem it. Like, I can't. Like, the only thing I can do is make my prediction, like, say Sansa's going to be on the throne. How let down are people going to be if Sansa ends up on the throne? People want Danny or people want John, or that's really all people want. People yeah, either want Danny or John, and the show is not going to end like that. No, it definitely isn't. It's not going to be either of them, I don't think. I, I don't know. I, I think it could be John. I think that's 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 be the happy ending, but I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, man. Well, thank uh, but, you for joining, Don. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, Jeff, thank yeah. you so much, obviously, bud. You know, like, how yeah. important this was. I love this stuff. And, right, and I know, know I know it's tough to all get together. We're going to have to I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get, like, an in-studio thing done within the next couple of uh, shows, hopefully within the next four to five shows. But uh, for now, these telephone interviews work, so I think we're good at this point, brother. But, it was uh, awesome. Hey, hey, the North remembers – the North remembers. And uh, let it be feared then. Uh, Vala Mugaris. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, we're oh, just man. coming. Have a good one, brother. You too. Take care, kid. You're still here. It's over. Go home.